This is the Midlife Motorheads Podcast. Listen in as we talk about our automotive adventures in the shop, on the road, and at the track. So climb on in, tighten those belts, and let's go for a ride. We are the Midlife Motorheads. And now, broadcasting from Motorhead Central, somewhere in the Carolinas, is the hosts of the show, Gene and Trotty. So, can you believe, after all the talk we've been doing for all these years, (laughs) the last couple of years, we built a car, and we went to the World Center of Speed, Daytona International Speedway. You know what's fun, Trotty, is that probably 10.45, 10.50, the last driver on our team was was out on the track, and you and I stand there ready to start finish line, Daytona International Speedway, and the car goes by, and you point at it and say, we built that car in my garage. So that was it was a lot of fun. It really was. And what was most memorable for me for the whole project of – you know, we left VIR, we kind of went to VIR's kind of a bucket list thing just to entertain ourselves, just see what's it like to run a 24-hour race. And we set our sights on Daytona, a bucket list track for us, right? We'd watched Daytona growing up as kids and everything. After we kind of, you know, shook off VIR, a 24-hour race, and, and had some rest and looked at the car and decided, you know, we'd like to go run Daytona that decision to actually stand in there at the end of a race, the car made it uh, with, with flawlessly. Well, we, we had a couple of issues, but, but basically the car performed really well. And uh, everyone on the team was safe. Uh, they all had a good time. And, and we put this all together and it was a blast. And maybe it'd be interesting to the folks that, that are listening to, for us to kind of like rewind the tape a little bit and talk about the, um, the, the sort of uh, background investigation we did as to how we should best prepare to go to Daytona. Yeah, and I think, absolutely. I think we should talk a little bit about Tom. <laughs> yeah, Tom was a cool guy. So we found him – well, we were looking for somebody else that were running big cars because the Champ Car Series is mostly smaller cars, you know, the BMWs, the Miatas, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot of big cars, so we were kind of searching out. And we found an article. Do you remember – I don't what was the paper? It was the it, uh it was a Virginia Virginia paper. It was the uh South Sentinel, something like that. That's right, that's right. And it was an article, I think it was back in two fifteen, uh twenty fifteen, like August, I believe it was. And um it was talking about the USS Enterprise. So like, what is this? You know, so we're looking at it and it's this giant gray car. So um I believe, what did you Google his name or something? We got his phone number. I don't even remember how it happened. Yeah, Tom actually works for the newspaper. I think he's a, uh, a photographer for the newspaper. So okay. it's, it's probably how they, they picked up on, on the news story. And it was an article about Tom winning at VIR with this, what was it, 1972 LTD, just this monster of a car with the roof cut off, by the way. Yes, it was. So yeah. And uh, he actually won the race, a very competitive car. Yes, it was. So um, you reached out to him uh, via email and he got back to you. And I believe y'all, uh, you actually talked on the phone a couple of times. Yep. And um, 
We ask him some questions uh, about Daytona. Let's back up just a little bit. Talk talk about some. What did we do to prepare for Daytona? So when we come off of uh, come off of VR, we ran a automatic transmission. Uh, we knew that that probably wasn't going to do well at Daytona. So <laughs> the biggest the biggest change we made was we went to a five speed transmission. Yeah, yeah. The the automatic actually didn't do too badly at, at VIR. And I, I don't know, I wouldn't really call us competitive, but we were certainly out there running uh, faster than many cars in the field. And uh, what we didn't count on was the, uh, the transmission module going bad on us. So the transmission held up really well, but it was the, uh, the part of the ECU that controls the transmission. Uh, it kind of gave it up right at 17 hours. So, we thrashed the car for just about 17 hours and the engine did fine, but the transmission decided it would stop shifting somewhere around four o'clock in the morning. And uh, we, we needed to move to the five speed. That's right. That's right. And, and unfortunately, when it, when it did go out on us on 16 hours and 58 minutes, I believe one of our drivers didn't get to, uh, didn't get his full seat time. Did he Gene? No, no, no. And, and the best part was, I don't even know how I did it, but I was sleeping in the pits, which is just, uh, if you told me I was going to be able to sleep there, I, I can't imagine. I, I, I sat down and fell asleep and you woke me up and said, it's your turn, which I must've been asleep for what, two and a half hours or something. Yeah. It's your turn. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And we, we sent the driver around for one more lap and, during that lap, I, I, I got back in my fire suit, got my helmet on, gloved up and everything, and ready to roll. And I think we threw a can of gas in the car. And probably 12 minutes from being completely asleep, I'm rolling down pit lane. Uh, it, it was kind of a strange, strange situation. And I get down into the first turn, go through the first turn, back into gas, car won't shift. And we just bog out, and we were left there at the side of the track. So yeah, it was uh, my stint lasted about four minutes. Which was- <laughs> I know you got cheated, man. <laughs> you got cheated out of it. Yeah. And what's really bad, you know, fast forward, you know, several months to April, <laughs> we're getting ready, you know, for Daytona. We put all this work in, putting the five speed in. You know, we painted the car. Uh, we put back glass in. We did all this stuff, and you were moving, I believe, uh, some some furniture, and you had a little mishap. And what happened? <laughs> yeah, thanks, Trotty. So um, you're welcome. Working actually, I was uh, working on the in-laws' farm and uh, lost my balance and broke my wrist of all things. And um, despite um, uh, I guess hope, hopes and prayers. I, I was uh, told by my physician I should not drive a, uh, a, a manual shift car, let alone a race car, when we got to, uh, to Daytona. So I was kind of sidelined for uh, most of the race. So. Yeah, you got cheated again. So that's what that's, I do. I build cars for my friends to drive. That's right. So, but that's okay because in 2020, uh, you have been elected to go first you <laughs> Great. will not miss your stint yes All right, so thank you 
Another thing that we did for... No, 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 no. I, we got to yeah. a shot of Jay while we're doing this. Oh, okay. I did have a, I did have a full stint at VIR, and Jay called me in early. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, that was his first time being a uh, yeah. my crew chief for like 15 minutes. And... Yeah, it was his first time with a watch, I think is what it was. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But anyway... So... We, we still had a great time at it, VIR and Daytona. Yeah, it, it was a blast. So we got the five-speed in. It, what was interesting is when I originally bought that car, I thought about putting a five-speed in it. I found one on, I believe it was Craigslist, uh, a, a five-speed out of a Mustang Mach 1 2004 um, up in North Carolina. I went and bought the transmission. I think I paid like $400 for it. You know, the kid I bought it from was like, yeah, man, it was, you know, everything worked great in it. You know, second gear had a, had a little funny noise to it, but, um, um, but you know, everything was working fine when we took it out of the car. Well, it, man, it sat on the shop floor for what, almost two years, Yeah. you know? So could, I'm like, what could go wrong? Yeah. What could go wrong? So it was like, Hey, we had the five speed. We just got to put it in. Uh, we contacted our, our good friend out in California, uh, Chris Adams, and he hooked us up with the uh, five-speed swap kit for the Crown Victoria. Uh, we went Chris, through. Chris Adams at ADTR.net. That's correct. And um, Chris, man, appreciate all the help. You, you've helped it out a lot. So we put this thing in. Um, we went to my buddy's shop. He has a car lift in his shop. So we had to modify the cross member for the transmission. Uh, but overall, it really wasn't that bad to do the swap. You know, drop the car down. Uh, we take it back to our shop because I didn't have the clutch pedal in. You remember I had to modify yep. the, the brake pedal with a Mustang clutch pedal, kind of meld the two together, weld them up, put all that in there. And this, this took several weeks to get all this worked out with the clutch cable and all that. Go to drive around in the field. And what happens? First gear put it in second and nothing is there. No second gear. This was what? Four weeks before Daytona. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, that boy just does not know how to drive. <laughs> well, we do. Well, we did not adjust the clutch. So I'm like, it's because we didn't adjust the clutch. Yeah. But I started off in first, tried it again. No second gear. I was like, let me try to start off in third gear. It, it pulled kind of hard, you know, but it, it got going. Pushed the clutch in again, put it in neutral. I went from first straight to third, right into fourth. No problem. The transmission had no second gear. Yep. Four weeks before Daytona. What are we going to do? <laughs> so jump on eBay. You know, well, I look locally first. Can't find one jump on eBay. There's a guy in Texas had like five of them that were rebuilt. I think he bought a, he bought a shop out or something. He had all these already crated up. Uh, what was interesting, I, I didn't pull the trigger on it. When I first saw it, I waited a few days. Um, somebody was looking down upon us because I got an email from eBay said, Any, everything on eBay is 20% off. And I'm like, how does that work? Let me try this coupon code. Got 20% off this transmission, had it shipped in two weeks before Daytona. We're scrambling around 
We get this five speed in over at my buddy's shop again, but this time we already had the clutch pedal in. So I go barreling down uh, his, his road in front of his house. No problems. So we were, we were pretty good to go after that. Meanwhile, tell the listeners what we were doing with the front of the car for aerodynamics while all this was going on. Yeah, there's, <clears throat> there's actually a, a nice little uh, YouTube video that we put together showing this. And um, the YouTube's got just tons of videos of people taking, taking uh, polyester cloth and making speaker enclosures. So we looked at a couple of those videos and thought, we could probably make an air dam if we, if we got some of this cloth. And then we decided to cover the entire front of the car. And um, we'll throw a picture up here of what it looked like. We put the cloth over there, uh, painted it with some epoxy resin that hardened up, two or three layers of fiberglass cloth, a little bit of Bondo, smoothed it out, primer and paint. And um, it, was, it was very satisfying to have just about everybody who walked by the car in Daytona had to comment about how good it looked and Absolutely. how uh, how uh, aerodynamically uh, it cleaned up the front of the car. So that, that was good. We also, um, it was very interesting to listen to all the experts come by and tell us that the, the hole in the air dam, uh, which we calculated to be 85 square inches, was not going to be big enough to cool the engine. And um, what we were explaining to people is that we've got friends that are in currently or used to be in NASCAR at fairly high levels and they all looked at it uh, in one of the shops where the car was painted and everyone thought that it was plenty there right I think in 2019 when they ran a Daytona 500 uh, they were at 55 square inches that's right yeah, they're going 200 miles an hour but you know we're well under 200 250 horsepower it was much bigger than we probably needed in fact one crew chief told me that the largest NASCAR had run in the modern era, era at uh, Daytona was 95 square inches. So we, we had plenty. And, and my, my favorite comment of expert comment that I got in uh, the pits was somebody came by and said, that'll never work. And I explained to him that we had sort of this expert opinion from, uh, from some crew chiefs. And the, the guy looks at me and says, yeah, but NASCAR doesn't run 14 hours. So, uh, Rather than engage this individual in, you know, ther thermodynamic law and uh, steady state and all that kind of stuff, I just said, yeah, okay, thanks. And Friday, you went out first stint. It got to 208 degrees and never moved the rest. Never moved. Never moved. Never so moved. We were, we were just spot on. And it was a little bit of luck. And it was, you know, talking to some people that really knew what they were talking about. Absolutely. You mentioned about um – about having the car in a paint shop, I think it's. Uh, I think we need to give a shout out to our very good friend, uh, Mr. Sleeveless Bob. Yes, Bob Atton. Uh, Bob's been around racing for a long time. Um, hand painted a lot of cars in NASCAR. Has done drag race cars and everything. And and again, I'll I'll go ahead and shamelessly plug uh, one of the YouTube videos that we have, where Bob is hand lettering uh, an antique truck. And uh, the guy is just phenomenal. Yeah. He, um, he painted the car in his shop um, pro bono for us, just a, a really great guy. And um, he did it with some paint that was left over from an old NASCAR team that he had. 
And uh, that's why we, we picked the color. A lot of people want to comment on the color of the car. And again, we'll show another shot of it here. It, it's not the Gulf livery uh, from nope. Porsche. You know, we're, we've, we've got some Porsche stuff going on in the background with uh, midlife motorheads, but uh, that's not why we did it. Um, we did it because it was the only color that Bob had that was free in his cabinet and was acceptable. Well, back up. Yeah. Let, let's, let's clarify that. So yeah. you went in there and you said, Hey Bob, uh, I need some paint for, for this crown Vic. No, Tell the story. no, I need my race car painted is what I said. Oh, okay. And his response was, you know, I've got paint that I'll never use. And I said, that's why I'm here. Right. So he's like, whatever you want in the cabinet, but you can't have the white. I don't know what, what that was about, but we didn't want a white race car anyway. So that's right. I opened a cabinet up and, and I pull out a gallon of, a brand new gallon of John Deere green. And, and that was not going to happen. So. <laughs> and in there, there was a, a can of John Deere yellow, which was kind of strange. Um, there was some paint in there from a Napa car, but Bob's like, no, that's candy blue. That's just too much work. I'm not doing that. And uh, which I don't blame him in the least. It, it'd yes. be hard to make it look good. And then there was a little bit of metallic black that was in there for some reason. I don't know what that was in there. And then I came across this, this sky blue. Right. And, and uh, we decided that we would paint the car and not put clear on top of it. So it's just paint, it's just the base color. It's flat blue. It really think, sets it off. I think it looks beautiful. It, it, um, it kind of hides a little bit some of the wrinkles that are on the car. Um, we won't talk about someone hitting a tire barrier VIR, but that's okay. Um, and then... At, at Bob's suggestion, what we did is we added some other color to it. And we decided that that bright fluorescent orange band around the bottom of the car would really set it off. Yeah. And it was so, more, I mean, we wanted to have a, a good contrast in color, but we also wanted the other competitors to see us. Yes. You know, yeah. so that's <clears throat> why we went with the bright. That's a great point because we were talking about we had never run Daytona and we weren't sure. And we know that, you know, we were expecting blue skies when we were down there. And we thought that maybe in the rearview mirror, the blue car might get lost a little bit in, in the horizon with, with some drivers. So we wanted that nice fluorescent orange stripe so people would be able to see us. Yep. And to me, the, the most exciting part about driving Daytona in a big car, the big, big Crown Vic is – we would come off a of NASCAR one and head down the backstretch mm -hmm. and in, into the bus stop. And the car just kept picking up momentum, picking up momentum. And some of the cars that were, you know, in the process of passing us going into NASCAR one, by the time we got to the bus stop, we had such a head of steam up, we were passing them back. So that's right. Uh, that was a lot of fun. And I think, I think having that bright orange color on the car, at a little safety margin, people were noticing us. Besides the big blue dinosaur kind of rolling down the track, it, it, yeah. it kind of set yeah, it off. Absolutely. So, yeah, there was quite a few people when they came out. I was like, oh, yeah, you did the, the, the Porsche Golf livery, but it's the original Golf livery was not a Porsche, was it? It was not. It was a Golf executive that wanted to run Le Mans, and I think – 65 or 66 and since he worked for golf he wanted the golf colors on there so the first golf livery uh in modern time 
was a Ford GT40. That's right. Not a Porsche. It was a Ford GT40. So we were. That's right. So again, something we had to explain to people in the pits. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know either. So we we got the fiberglass front end. A lot of hours in that thing. We have like sixty hours in it, uh, or or maybe even more. Um, I don't want to admit to that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to admit to that. It was at least that for sure. Um, That thing is what really really set the car off. Um, you know, we, we have it five inches off the ground, which I believe is fairly close to what NASCAR is running. Um, I mean, we just, it was kind of a big guess, you know, we're not engineers, but I mean, it's, it's not rocket science either. I mean, we actually saw a picture, I believe it was of Dale Earnhardt's car from the, uh, probably what the mid nineties, I would guess, um, had that nice smooth front. And, and that's kind of what we did. We looked at a picture and like, Hey, yeah, we can build this. Yeah. Uh, and it worked very, very, very well. Um, we were a little concerned that the champ car officials were going to frown upon it, but I think they really liked it. <laughs> yeah. I think so too. I know, I know the CEO of, of champ car, Mike Chizik, he, he really liked it. He's like, he thought that was one of the best looking cars he's ever seen. So yeah. I, I'm very proud of, of, of how it turned out. So, uh, we show up, you know, I, I pull the car, I'm pulling it, you know, with the trailer. So, uh, the first car I see in the uh, staging area was, was Tom's car, but I had to go see that thing. It, it was pretty neat. Uh, yeah. and another cool thing was when you got there, there was this huge group of, of young guys. They're all 20 something year olds. You know, they're all around the car. You come walking up and, you know, one of the guys there is like, Hey, you're the guy on YouTube. How did that make you feel? It was, um, it was one of the drivers for this like Mazda Miata millennial team, right? Like you said, young guys. And one of the guys, this one particular particular guy was telling people about our car and it was telling people about the front bumper, which was in the back of the pickup truck. Right. And they didn't see it right away. And, and they're like talking about the car and the guy's like, Oh, it's supposed to have this great front end on it and everything. And I'm like, I walked up at that point. I go, it's in the back of the truck. The guy turned around and looked at me and goes, you're the guy from YouTube. <laughs> so, so like I immediately call my wife and go, I've been recognized. <laughs> you're a celebrity now. Great moment in my life. <laughs> yeah, but those are they're a great team. Boy, that what a great team that, that they turned out to be. And yes, they, they were, they, they, They've done their homework. They had yeah. a lot of they had a lot of help. A lot of support. A lot of support. Yep. So, you know, we get in there. Um, things progress fairly quickly. Uh the the tech took a little while. Uh, you know, we were so busy putting the front in and and making everything look right, making sure, you know, the tire pressures, you know. Meanwhile, there was a hundred and 26 cars, I believe it was. Is that correct? I think it was 126 cars. 126 cars. So they're lining up for tech, right? So we're trying to get the car ready and and all this. And we we turn around and the line goes from tech all the way around that garage. We're like, we better get in line. So we get in line um, and it took several hours, you know, to get there. Matter of fact, they actually ended up having to, to come out and they were actually taking the cars in line outside of the garage area. So, um, so we get in 
Um, we, uh, that was, that was the day before, right? Yeah. That was yep. Friday. That was Friday afternoon. Yep. You know, so, uh, we kind of closed up for the night, go to the hotel. Right. Hang on. We're two for two, right? We're two for two because when we went through tech line at VIR, oh, yeah, first yeah. time, no problems. No problems. Yep. This time with, with the fiberglass front end, with the five speed transmission, we put, uh, we put side skirts on the car. We put Lexan, uh, windows in the, the back, the yep. back doors. We have our, our, our spoiler that, that we created out of a piece of Lexan. So we have all this stuff, you know, the, the tech guys come over, they look it over, you know, start the car up, kill the master switch, everything. Five minutes later, we get our 2019 yep. tech sticker. Yep. So a lot of hard work um, by a lot of people on our team. So yes. Yes. Thanks. Uh, Shout out to everybody. You know, I, I appreciate everybody that, that makes the, the, the trek to uh, the midlife motorhead South shop. Cause I'm, yes. Yeah, I believe you're the closest one and you're over two hours away. So, um, yep. but, um, but yeah, we, we had some good support. Uh, we like a little bit more. seems like you and I do most of the work, but, but I do understand that, you know, our yep. drivers are all over. Go rest Friday night, get there Saturday morning. You know, we're a little bit excited. Uh, we drew, I believe it was number three. I believe we're in the third pits. That's and, right. And they they drew 13 is the, the car that was on the pole. That's right. right? So for everyone listening that doesn't know about Champ, they just they line you up from pit out to pit in all the way down to pit. They just line the cars up, and it's kind of a random order, that, and you're, you're told where to line up. We happen to be in the third pit. There's three cars per pit, and they pull a random number, and car 13 was on the pole. So right. it's 13 all the way back to the end of the line goes out first and then car one goes out and then we're supposed to roll out. So that's right. We were going to roll out a hundred and eighth in line is that's the way it worked out. That's correct. So, um, but that I, didn't happen. That didn't happen. Well, well, we rolled out off of pit <laughs> road, but that's about all that happened. Um, yeah. I went out first and you know, Second gear was no problem. Went around, you know, into the infield part of the track. Caught third gear. Car cuts off. Exact same thing at VIR. And I'm like, this cannot be happening. We don't have an automatic transmission module going bad because there's not one in here. You know, what yeah. is going on? So I make it around. And, and I didn't realize, but the, uh, the road course of Daytona actually has these little escape routes. There's several of them. So um, um, I came to a, a flag station and they told me where to go. Um, I was able to kill the car, reset the ECU, fire it up, and I actually drove all the way back to the garage in first gear. So we didn't know what to do, and it just popped in my head. But we, I put the performance tune in. It has to be something with the tuning. So I took the performance tune out, and we put the stock tune back in. And you remember, I went out to the parking lot, the infield parking lot, and I'm screaming up and down the, the parking lot, shifting gears to make sure it was fine. Meanwhile, the race has started. I mean, it was what, nine, eight, nine, ten laps? When you, when you pulled back out into pit lane, we were nine laps down. Nine laps down, That's right. That's we started. We started, out of 126 cars, we started nine laps down. Yeah. 
So dead last. <laughs> dead, last. dead last with a bullet. <laughs> That's right. Um, but the car went, it, it did fairly well. Never been on the track before. There was no practice. You know, I watched some YouTube videos, uh, a lot of them actually, uh, you know, trying to figure out the line. Uh, I just tucked in behind some folks that looked like they knew what they were doing. Um, I learned the line fairly quick. I was nervous about the bus stop. Uh, one of our drivers, uh, Paul Norris, he, he's been down there several times and just listening to him, he kind of coached us, you know, uh, uh, where to go. And I took his advice going through the bus stop. No problem with that at all. And then we turned the car over to, to the other drivers. And I think we ran five or six hours, I believe. Yeah. No, no issues. Yeah. What I really liked about the, the car is that you came in, I guess it was about 10 laps in of your, your first stint and we did tire pressure check. Yes. Made some adjustments there and you know, the radiator was doing fine, even, even though the experts yep. disagreed with us. Yep. And, and the car went back out and I think we, we made, we made one more slight air pressure adjustment and that was it. And we ran that set of tires at those pressures for the rest of the race. Absolutely. We never touched them. It was like the easiest car to, to, uh, to maintain from, from a pit st uh, standpoint. All yeah, we did was put gas in the car the rest of the day. I think we checked the oil once. Yeah, I think so too. You know, what was surprising to me, uh, driving the car on the track, that track is so smooth. It's, it's unlike, I mean, I haven't been on a lot of tracks, but I've been on enough and that was incredibly smooth track. I'm not ex exactly sure why it was so smooth. I don't think they, I don't believe they've repaid it recently. Yeah. I don't know. But, um, but, but it was, it was nice. I mean, it was a pleasure driving on that. I didn't really get the sense of speed, you know, with the other cars around me, but, um, uh, I did get a sense of the banking. Uh, it's like, it's like standing on the side of a wall. <laughs> <You're> really, <laughs> You know, you yeah. see little videos where, where they'll have a car sitting still and they just push it with their finger and it'll roll. Um, and it's true. It's, it's pretty steep. Yeah. So, um, so we had a little mishap. It, it really wasn't a major deal, but we came in, I believe, what, hour seven or so, I believe yeah. it was. Yeah, it's a pretty major deal, actually. Um, oh, it wasn't that when, bad. When the, uh, when the pit marshal starts waving at you that you can't go back out because the rear tire's smoking. I'm like, hell yeah, it's smoking because we're racing. And he's like, no, there's something wrong. So I go running out, around, look at the side of the car, and from the rear bumper to like the front door of the car is just dripping with axle grease. And right. we could blown a rear seal. So yep. um, we uh, – We kind of expected that, right? Well, we talked about it at VIR. We're like, what could go wrong at VIR? We're probably going to, you know, um, ruin a, a rear axle bearing or something. But right. we forgot about that, right? That's right. And all this prep we did, we forgot about that. Mainly because uh, I think inside we're both afraid of working on a rear end, right? Because I had never pulled one apart before. And I've never done. Never. So uh, we get the car back in the garage and it's up on jack stands and people are just like, looking at each other and uh i text a friend of mine fonzie 
yeah. from from um, Happy Days Customs in Denver, North Carolina. And and Fonzie's like, oh, pull the wheel off, pull the caliper off, uh, take the rear cover off, pull the C-clip out, pull the axle out, you're done. And I'm thinking he's giving me directions. That's how easy it is, Gene. You're done. And what he was... <laughs> As we're doing this, I'm thinking, wait a minute, there's more to this text. So I get back to him and go, what, what do you mean we're done? He goes, no, your, your day's done. And I'm thinking, why are we taking the car apart if we're gonna put it back on the trailer? So anyway, we're going back and forth with Fonzie and we, we did get the car apart and I sent him a picture of uh, where the bearing uh, rode on the axle. And he said, yeah, what I mean is your, your day is done. Right. And then, then he, he, he calls me back, he goes, well, wait a minute. There's this thing called an axle bearing repair kit. And meanwhile, two of our enterprising uh, teammates go to the parts store. Yeah, Pet and, Boys, like a half a mile away from the track. Well, they went up at Advance, I think. Advance yeah, yeah, there was Pet Boy Advance. Yep. Yeah, and, and they're at the counter waiting for us to tell them what to get because they're thinking it's going to be a seal and we're going to be done. Right. But we figure out that there's this bearing – uh, axle repair kit thing and uh, they have one so they bring it back and we we uh, we uh, prep the axle with a little bit of sandpaper and a file and we slide the kit on there and it's like a self-contained bearing with a seal in it right pop it back together um, kind of clean out whatever debris was in there that we figured we could find with a paper towel <laughs> reseal it and with two and a half hours in between, hey, the pit marshal saying you got a problem, two and a half hours later, the car is back on the track, run about 150 miles an hour. Yep. Like nothing happened. Nothing happened. Yeah. And I drove that stint. Remember, it was my turn to go. And um, <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't even, I didn't give it a second thought, man. I just like, hey, it's working. You know, no problem. So, and, and let it roll. We let it roll after that. And, <laughs> Not another issue. I mean, like we knew, we knew, we talked about this is what's uh, going to bite us. Yeah. And well, well, even one of our drivers, Paul Norris, I mean, he's been to Daytona several times. He had a, uh, I believe it was like a, like a 99 Mustang or, or, or whatever it was. And he told us that it was going to happen because it happened to him in his yeah. Mustang, you know, and we just, we just blew it off, you know. <laughs> But now we've got experience pulling that rear end apart, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, when you were texting back and forth with, with Fonzie, you know, I, I'm listening at you reading the text. You know, I look up under the car. I, I see the, the cover. I'm like, it's only like this 10 bolts. <laughs> yeah, it's got to come off. So I just dive under. And, you know, everybody else is just kind of standing around, you know, kind of disappointed. I think there was, there was a good bit of disappointment among all the faces you know, of our team. Yeah. So I just dive under there and I start taking it apart. You know, all this oil come out. It's like 400 degree oil. It's pouring out, you know, and, and I see all this cluster of gears. I'm like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, we pop a YouTube video and it's like, take the pin out. What pin? I don't see no pin, you know? So, but it, but it worked. And, um, I remember you looking at me going, there's a lot of shit inside of that. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. I've, you know, I've seen pictures of them before, but I, I've never did it hands on. So, um, yeah. Um, but to do that, that whole swap and put the new bearing in, remember we, we got a piece of a, 
two by six and the sledgehammer. I mean, I mean, we just did it. We did it uh, days of thunder style, like in, in a, just a barn and we just put it together and it just worked very well. Yeah. Uh, I, we had a lot of luck on our side for, for that, I believe. But um, my, my pet peeve is working on a race car at the track. I absolutely right. hate it. And these guys that show up and they're not prepared and, you know, I've seen people roll the car off the trailer and start putting brake pads on. Like, what are you doing? You know, why are you doing this at the track? And, you know, there we are on jack stands in the middle of a race. I'm going, I, I, I absolutely hate what's going on. But we dove into it. We got it done. You know, was, I remember Paul looking at me going, well, we can clean up these brake pads. I'm like, Paul, we've had an extra set, right, because we're prepared. And he went around the other side of the car and was changing brake pads. Right. No one said, Paul, you should do this, or Paul, can you help us out? He just jumped in because he knew before the car left the garage, those pads had to be changed. And he went and did it. It was just like clockwork. So that was, that was a phenomenal and um, big, big shout out to uh, probably the best person we had at the track, except for Mary. Mary's wife's Mary's Paul's wife of fact. That's right. That's right. Um, was Roger. Yes. Um, Roger was like like our secret weapon because he he was Johnny on the spot, most helpful guy in the world. Uh the guy that volunteered to go to the um the parts store and he was just always thinking ahead. And oh absolutely. We he could went- not have done as well as we did had he not been there. No, absolutely not. I mean he went and got the fuel for us. Um, but yeah, he was, he was right there. You know, I'm laying under the car. I need a 13 millimeter socket. And before I can hardly even get the words out of my mouth, he puts it in my hand. Yeah. So, so you know, he was a, a tremendous help. So really appreciate that. So it was a great experience at Daytona. We have some work to do, you know, for the summer and the fall, you know, getting ready for next spring. Yeah, Daytona 2019 was, was a, a lot of fun. We're going to make some significant changes before we go back. Engine upgrade. Uh, we've got to figure out our, our transmission issue. Uh, we've got to put new axles in the car. Other than that, we're, we're kind of plug and play the car. Not a scratch on the car. Yeah. Uh, not a scratch on the front. So uh, just kind of washing the car, cleaning it up. Um, new tires. Uh, rotors, pads. And, and we're ready to roll. So it's... It, it's again, it's a good package for those reasons. Yeah, absolutely. One quick thing though, we are going to do a little kind of side action in September with, uh, with a great group that, uh, that we met the U S MC racing, the Marines. Um, they actually have a, an older crown Vic that they run. So, uh, they, they run the lemons, uh, series. They are moving to champ car for next year, but they are going to finish the lemon series. Uh, I'm pretty sure our car will qualify that. So we may, we may join them. Um, we're not exactly sure yet. We'll, we'll find out if they listen to our podcast because we're not going to tell them that we're coming. That's right. That's and right. I think in 2018, Greg Biffle showed up with a Crown Victoria. Where? At CMP. I did not know that. Yes. So we'll call him out. We'll call him out. Absolutely. <laughs> he can bring his 
I don't think he's got a ride right now. If he wants to show up with his Crown Victoria, we'll, we'll take him on with the Gulf Liberty. Yeah, absolutely. Come on out, Greg. <laughs> Let's see what you got. Yes. Yeah. That was a silver car that was in the video that passed. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I saw that. It I passed saw, Brian. I didn't realize that was – okay. See, I saw you, you You put something on Facebook about um, about Greg Buffalo. I didn't put it together. Yes. Uh, that's why he was, like, passing – 25 cars in, in turn one. <laughs> That's why was rolled. Yeah. And, and uh, I guess we'll also put a shout out to, to Randy Probst. If he wants to drive a Crown Victoria at CMP. <laughs> Randy, come on up. The car is getting pretty well um, sorted out. Come hang with us. Yes, sir. Okay. Well, Charlie, it's been a long time since we, we did a podcast. Uh, this yeah. is a long time coming. And I hope people enjoyed seeing a little bit about the, um, the Crown Vic at Daytona. Hearing a little bit about Tom Salemi, he was—he inspired us to uh, to really you know, put our car together and, and, and go on down there. Yep. And uh, we'll be back because we had such a great time, and there's a little bit left in the car, and we, we, we want to use that up uh, sometime next year. That's right. Um, I want to give a big shout out to all our team members: uh, Paul Norris, him, his daughter Corey. We have uh, Ben Lindsay. He was a, a, a an F-16 pilot, friend of mine, a neighbor, um, his good friend, uh, David Williams. He's in the Marines. And, um, of course, you know, you, know, you and I. So, and, Jay. And, and And Jay. one of the most special ones we have is Jay. He was, he was a bit nervous at Daytona, but, man, he did really good. I'm very proud of Jay. You know, he yeah. did a couple of track events, and, um, you know, he's coming together. So, um, yeah, yeah. He, he did good. He was excited about it, man. Yes. Just to yeah. see the smile on his face, it's incredible. So, yeah. Had a good time. Had a yep. good time. All right, Charlie. All right. Well, thank you very much. Uh, thank you for listening. Hey, listen, go check out our YouTube video. Uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram, Midlife Motorheads. Uh, we love to um, get some likes from you guys if you're, if you're watching or listening um, to help us grow. So, talk to you soon. Take care, everyone. Thank you for downloading and subscribing to the Midlife Motorhead Podcast. Make sure to check out our main website at midlifemotorheads.com and all our social outlets, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube.